here today. We have two Utes with us. That word you use, what is that word? Ute. That's uh, no word I've heard of. Youth. Oh, I see, I see. Uh, let the record show that uh, Mr. Gambini has used the word youth. That's it. That's the movie. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Hi, everybody. I'm Jared. And I'm Kate. And today we're talking about the 1992 courtroom comedy, My, My Cousin, Cousin Vinny. Vinny, starring Joe Al- Pesci. <laughs> yes, Joe Pesci. Did and you Marissa just say Sunday. Al Pacino again? Definitely not Al Pacino. Definitely not every 90s mobster kind of looks the same to me, honestly. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So this movie... Um, not just Joe Pesci. Don't jump away. Marissa Tomei. An Academy Award winning Marissa, Marissa Tomei. She really was the like a lifeline in this movie. She was great. She balances out Joe Pesci so well in this. She does. So when you had me watch this movie, I thought this was like almost a parody of mob movies. It's not that at all, but that was like my, that's what I thought the movie was about. So I was really surprised that it's just a courtroom comedy through and through. Actually, it's kind of more about the death penalty if you think about it. I, yeah, okay, that's the other thing I was really surprised is how much the death penalty is like a background commentary in this movie. I was reading that the director or creator, whoever, was, I guess it was just like a hot topic issue at the time, the death penalty. It still is, I guess. Do people not just talk about it anymore? I don't know. I think generally we've gotten away from it. Like, I, I feel yeah. like even like early 2000s, I remember hearing more about it. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've moved away from it, luckily. Yeah. So this was very about like, here are two innocent boys about to be put to death by the chair. How this mishap happened in a comedy, fun, loving way. Yeah. And fun fact, uh, Will Smith and Ben Stiller were up for Ralph Macchio and his friend's role. His friend, his poor friend. Um, Yeah, the secondary character. But um, luckily, the director had the tact to not put a black guy and a Jewish guy on court in the South for false mortar trial. That would be bad. That uh, friend who plays Stan, his name is Mitchell Whitfield. Mitchell Whitfield. Sorry, Mitchell. I've uh, forgotten your, I forgot your name. <laughs> I was also surprised to read how people in the law field like this movie for being an accurate depiction of the process. Yeah, they said it's very accurate. And it's. I kind of like that uh, since Joe Pesci's character, Vinny, doesn't really... He's like new to law, even though he took the bar six times. Is being it's being explained to him how the proceedings go. Yeah, and it was it's nice to know that what the, the kind of like discovery stuff they talked about and some of the other things was I guess pretty pretty well accurate. Not that we would know the difference. No, right? I feel like we don't watch that much law stuff anyway. No. So before we get too much more into the movie, why don't you tell us about the delicious grit popcorn that you came up with this episode? So Caitlin, how did you make this popcorn? With corn. What kind of corn? Popcorn. How long did it take you to make this popcorn? I'd say about five minutes. Just five minutes? All right, but I guess less so. So this kitchen, our kitchen in our apartment, has the fastest grits in the world? That's correct. And how did you make those grits? Well, it's really crazy. You can make grits out of popcorn. You just pop your popcorn and you put it in some boiling water so it gets all mushy. And then take it to a fine mesh strainer. Just push it against that strainer and out falls the grits. And while I'm sure no self-respecting Southerner would call this real grits. Correct. I thought it was really good. I've obviously 
I mean, we're not from a grit majority area, so. We did not grow up in grit households. Yes. I don't know. It tastes pretty great to me. This, I say this about so many popcorns. This might be the most inspired popcorn you've ever, the most creative one. I don't know if we could ever do anything with popcorn like this, turn it into a meal. Ever. This might be the, this might be the peak. Yeah. This is wild. I don't know that you could serve this like to friends, like, Oh, guys, let's watch a movie. I'm going to whip up some grits. grit popcorn. They might give you some weird looks. No, that's true. It's not great. I mean, if you watch this movie for bre- in the morning during breakfast, you could make these grits. And, you know, popcorn and grits both require a lot of butter. So it's the same thing. Yeah. And, you know, maybe you're doing a maybe you're doing a My Cousin Vinny party, watch party. And this could be <laughs> a, a meal, you know. My Cousin Vinny brunch party. Brunch party. That's you serve right. up some grits. I think that could work. Yes, for your next bachelorette brunch, just cook up some popcorn grits. I could see it. I could see it working. Mm, delicious. I would say that if you're looking for a, a new, adventurous way sexy to eat your popcorn, way to eat your popcorn, sexy way to eat popcorn. Grits. I think making into grits is the way to go. Mm-mm-mm. So, how do you feel about the premise of this movie? I think it starts off in a good way like there's been a misunderstanding and we get to see exactly how that misunderstanding comes to be what do you think i was a little shaky in the beginning i gotta be honest i am not a big misunderstanding humor enjoyer like (laughs) oh i got a dog named fish a cat named bird and like those types of jokes like those always are just like this is nothing like say what you mean like just because he's like i shot the sheriff you shot the sheriff and the clerk the clerk whatever but as i thought about it it's like there are like corrupt horrendous police systems that will use those statements as like evidence a confession so it's but i they didn't take it that way they like posed this as a misunderstanding he was shocked and he repeated back i shot the clerk and that guy's like he said it all right (laughs) we got him i guess you know there's another scene joe pet god Joe Pesci, right? Yeah. I want to say Al Pacino. I really don't know why. <laughs> He's so different. I don't think I've ever seen when Al Pacino in Joe a movie. Pesci is visiting Stan in the prison, and there's uh, some drop-the-soap humor misunderstanding. That goes on for a while. That's kind of funny. <laughs> I was like, again, oh, man, are we going to be doing this the whole movie? And uh, it is a fish-out-of-water comedy. I feel like halfway through, it really picked up for me. But like the actual premise, I, I wasn't totally sold on until later in the movie. Okay, okay. Jeez. Takes you a while. Maybe your second viewing, you'll feel less crazy about that. So this mishap happens. They get booked for shooting a clerk, but they didn't. They're just two college kids going through the South. Hmm. Uh, and then Ralph Macchio's character, Bill, calls his mom. And she sends the family attorney, Vinnie Gambino, to go save him his cousin Vinny. his cousin Vinny. did you think it was gonna be more uh, my cousin Vinny? yeah i don't know i this movie was more serious in a way than i expected it to be and i liked it more for it yeah i think the title doesn't really give anything any inkling as to what this movie's about at all all. and he's also accompanied by his fiance i think so yeah no yes because they're gonna get married if he wins this trial Yes. So this is fiance, Marissa Tomei. Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa. I don't think we know her last name. Insert any Italian name. Wow. <laughs> so they arrive. 
fish out of water in leather when people there there's just a small farming town in the south i think al pacino has a great al pacino really oh my god (laughs) joe pesci i think joe pesci has a great like first line when you get introduced to them like i blend in don't i and she goes yeah you blend (laughs) and her like I bet, I bet the, the Chinese, Chinese food here terrible. is terrible. They're She's just not great. wrong. Yeah. No, the, but the They're introduction to abrasive. both of them is, is real good. Very abrasive, but lovable. And we also get a little hint here um, as they talk about their car in the mud stuck in the tires that she knows a lot about cars. Throughout the whole movie, I think they do a good job at planting seeds that pay off at like kind of the climax trial part of the movie. Like the grits. Yeah. I like I like movies that... You know, they feel sure of themselves. Like, this is our idea and we're going to plot it out. And But not too obvious. No, I thought it was pretty good. I was worried, like, the next morning, they go to talk to the boys. They meet the judge. He offends the judge, of course. And the judge is played by Fred Gwynn, which I think his most notable character is Herman Munster. Oh, is that him? Yeah. I, I, man, he has, like, a very unique voice. He does. Very good, like, character actor. He's very imposing. Like, he's a great judge. Yeah, and I like that that... Like, some of the movie, like him, was played very seriously, despite it being a comedy. Yeah. Like, not everyone was, like, a bumbling kind of goofball. He was the straight man, for he sure. He was. Almost everyone on the... Well, some of the Alabama residents are a little caricatures, but, like, the mm-hmm. judge, the prosecuting guy... Like, there was a couple characters that were played straight, and I think that helped balance out the movie. I think the whole initial police scene where he's like totally a mess and he keeps offending the judge is really good. Yeah. And he's wearing the wrong clothes. He's like this guy, the judge is very by the book and like he lets him know guilty or not guilty. I'm asking you for one word. (laughs) And I felt some good tension in that scene. Yeah. They really built it up. I was so surprised. These things all, I feel like every element in this movie is nothing is too crazy or out like, Oh, I can't believe that happened kind of makes plausible sense yeah there's a few off the wall things but for the most part it's, it tracks all real well yeah so they spend their first night in town and are awoken at like 5 a.m by the steam whistle oh yeah so this is a running gag in the whole movie they can't get a good night's sleep every motel or place they sleep has some horrendous like early morning noise that bothers them pigs what else there's a train got a train got a screeching owl can't win what is your favorite out of the like four <laughs> places the... they stayed oh well the train because he's like does that train come by every morning and the guy at the front desk of the hotel is like no that's really rare and the next morning it comes by earlier and the guy at the front desk was like yeah it usually comes by about this time <laughs> my favorite was the the squealing pig slaughterhouse oh god the fact that the hotel would be built right next to a <laughs> slaughterhouse is just so crazy not many options Maybe not. But I thought that was a good running gag throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one gag that didn't work for me, and this kind of comes up after Vinny botches the initial plead part, is like the public defender joke. Oh, where yeah. he's like just so horrendously bad the and like defender. stuttering or whatever. And I was like, the public defender probably w- would have been better than Vinny in most cases. They just like yeah. happen to get the absolute worst. Yeah. Are they just in short supply in Wazoo, Alabama? <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah. The, the options are limited. And again, this movie feels like underneath all the silliness, there is some like smartness to it. So maybe it is a commentary. Like maybe public defenders don't always give their clients like 
representation the they deserve. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> I could be reading too much into my cousin Vinny. I don't know. <laughs> because the one, the one part of this movie that kind of wasn't unnecessary to me was the two, the pool bet. For some reason, oh, yeah. Marissa Tameg beats this guy. Mona Lisa beats a guy at pool. And he owes her $200 and Vinny's got to beat him up to get it back. And the only reason I could think of is that it's just there to make Vinny look like a capable guy. Sure. Like he does know things. Yeah, because that guy tries to trick him with like a wad of cash. He's like, here's your money. He's like, fan it out. Let me see. You probably just got a 20 wrapped around a bunch of ones. And the guy's like shocked (laughs) that he figured that out. Yeah. And I guess it also helps show like he is way sharper than a lot of the people in the town sure he's sharp so when it does come to the when it does come to the trial it's more believable that he's able to kind of see through the stories that the witnesses have come up with right that's sort of his shtick he like talks things out he's a smart guy but like he's a a master of his words rather than learning book book learning yeah but i like i really really like that marissa tomei is the kind of the book smart one because she's like reading the law book and helps him, like, from the technical side of it, get yeah. through things. And I think that dynamic that they have is is really quite good. And it seems like he doesn't want to give up that, like, this is my job. This is what I'm doing. And she, But she's really helping him and he's not appreciating it. Yeah, she is genuinely helpful. I think all the buildup to the final trial is, is real good. I like that the prosecutor is, is pretty forthcoming. Like, he's not trying to, like, underhand Vinny. He's like, yeah, you're entitled to all these papers. Just I- take them. Love that the the weird character development we get on him when he and Vinny are talking and he's saying that in his past he used to defend criminals and rapists and horrible guys and win because he's just that good of a lawyer. Mm-hmm. But he had recently had a come to heart. I don't know. Realization. Yeah, like you, you believe that he's trying to do the right thing. He says that he's now on the path of doing the right thing. Yeah. So it makes sense in the end that he... Like when he sees that it's like going his, his way. way to win, yeah, yeah he's wants the right. And he, he lets Vinny win. stay in like his cabin. Like he seems yeah, he's like a, a nice genuinely guy. nice guy. So before we start getting into the like trial part of it, is there anything in the buildup that you wanted to talk about? Jerry Gallo. Oh, that whole subplot. Oh yeah, I did that. Didn't do it for me. You want to explain it? <laughs> well, it just it's like another ticking time bomb in this whole scenario. Like the kids, the electric chair. And now the judge is trying to find out what previous cases Vinny has worked on in New York. And he hasn't. He's only had his license or he only passed the bar six weeks ago and only does personal injury law. Yeah, I don't think he's ever been to trial. Yeah, he definitely hasn't been to trial. So Vinny tells him he practiced under the name Jerry Gallo, which was a very famous prosecutor or something. Very dead prosecutor. Yes, he died that week. And then I like how he gets out of it by saying, oh, I didn't say Jerry Gallo. I said Jerry Callow and buys himself a little more time. I guess what is lost on me and maybe lawyers in the audience, you can correct me. As long as you have your bar, do you need like a special certificate to like stand trial? Well, you could just do it. Like, what does it matter that he's never done it before? Because the kids could represent themselves, right? Yeah, but it's their prerogative of who to pick. Like, can the yeah. judge disqualify? <laughs> can't judge can't like kick him out because he's never held trial before. But then, why would anyone pass the bar? No, like, but like, as long he did pass the bar, that part was true. Oh, okay. he was just lying about not the experience. Yeah, and I, I guess we we're seen over and over again that Vinny can't help himself. 
but lie and like mm-hmm. get himself into these situations. So that's probably m- the more important part of it. Yeah, but it works out for him in the end. Thanks, Marissa Tomei. Yeah, she works it out for him. I really whose lo- biological clock oh, is yes. ticking okay. like so, this. Is that your favorite? That's li- the best Mona line, line to me. Yeah, I think I like her ending testimony. Oh, okay, the testimony is the best, sure. But she's really good throughout the whole thing. But one offline. So they end up going out to that cabin and staying there and getting stuck in the mud, which leads to a really good gag of him wearing the secondhand prom suit to oh, court. Oh, awful burgundy red, like, puffy shirt. <laughs> but he's genuinely trying to please the judge. And I love how just done he is when this happens. The judge is like, what are you wearing? I told you to wear a suit. Like, he's upset about it. And then he's just like... I am doing everything I can to please you. There's no, the people with the suit shop are out with the flu. It's such a like small town problems. You can't go anywhere else for a suit. But I feel like the judge almost respects him after that explanation. Yes, he does. So then we get to the real kind of meat and potatoes, the climax of the actual trial uh, where he's defending his cousin. And there's kind of like four main arguments he breaks down. Right, the grits, the old lady's vision, the like, the dirty window, dirty window guy, and the car, car, yes, yes. So, want to go through all those? Why don't you just tell me what your favorite one is? I think they're all good. I always get a chuckle out of the old lady with bad vision. She's so sweet too. Like, I I love that all of these people. You don't get. I didn't get the impression, at least, that they were like malevolent, malevolently trying to like wrongly accuse them definitely right they're all pretty sincere with what they think and like when the prosecutor gives his defense the that one old lady on the jury says fry them but like <laughs> she really believes that the evidence laid out it's them yeah and like in a weird you end up learning at the end like it really was the same car like they genuinely it wasn't could've. the same car wasn't it a 64 mint they had dream? different cars same color because it was both GM. Oh, right. That was the whole thing. It was a Temptus, not a whatever car. That, Pontiac? Yeah, whatever car. I don't know. That I'm Stan really bad driving. at cars. What's your favorite? Is it the car? My favorite was the... No, the dirty window guy. Why? Because he did the this way the he... Gri- the way he grills the guys like, oh, what are these? Leaves. Very good. Like, it's kind of... <laughs> he's kind of talking to this like dolt of a guy and he's like being mean to him, but he's not really picking up on it. And I feel like... Vinny's character really I feel like he's just trying to be obvious for the jury. Like, trying to get this guy to say out loud all the things that impaired his vision yeah. of the the scene. I like that. And I also have a soft spot for the grits, which That's is our popcorn. Great. Yeah. The man who said he could make grits in five minutes. But Couldn't that's not true. You have to make grits in 20 minutes. Unless yeah. he was using our popcorn recipe. Oh, my God. <laughs> but he said he was not. Can so. we reopen this? You can't, re- you can't revisit a... A done verdict, I don't think. Oh, my goodness. Well, he admitted to be doing it the long way. That's true. But there is a twist in the trial. A pretty ridiculous twist, oh, honestly. Oh, it's the best twist ever. M- when we get Mona Lisa? Oh, no, no, no. I thought the surprise, like, forensic scientists talking about the rubber. Oh, That seems like such a paper-thin argument. I, I don't... I mean... In defense of the prosecutor, like, that guy is giving evidence in support of his case. So it's not wrong. 
I it's not wrong, but it it's feels just disingenuous like, to present it as like this nail in the coffin. Wow, this tire well, rubber. Like Vinny couldn't bring anything else, any other evidence to counteract that until he did. Yeah. That's I guess that was the only thing that felt a little sneaky from the prosecutor. It, it it was sneaky of him to get him last minute. And then Vinny argues that he should have been given advanced warning so he could cross-examine him. And The judge even says... That's an eloquent, that a very <laughs> succinct argument. No. no. It's not. <laughs> Mona Lisa comes in to save the day. But not before a very funny diner scene where she has some <laughs> pictures developed. That was, a, that was a good bit. She was excited about her pictures getting developed. And he was hours away from like trying to get this case solved and it, of course shows him the pictures and he's all upset going through them oh look at this one of me in the shower this is gonna win us the case thank you so much i think i've learned that i love when characters are unhinged and going crazy that is when just they good get angry that is good comedy it is just funny but she gets very upset yes rightfully so rightfully that's what but when they get back to the courtroom, that's when he needs her. When she's outside, I don't know, she's on the phone or something. She was getting the papers faxed to cover oh, for him. I'm sure, yeah, that's what she was doing. And then there's like a split in this movie here that like I get a little lost, honestly. What do you mean? So she goes up on trial, right? So the, the forensic guy's like, hey, these tires, this is a, a slam dunk. So she goes up and kind of disproves the tire theory. And also disproves that the tire marks were on like a suspension that only two cars in the U.S. could have had it that year. But then Vinny also gives something to the police to like go check on something. To check on any sightings but, of that other car. But how did he know that? Didn't he need I think Vinny, Mona Lisa to know I that? I don't know. Did you catch that Vinny was a mechanic at Mona Lisa's father's shop at one point? Yeah, I guess. So I guess he I thought knows she cars was, too. I thought she knew it better than he did. Well, he can't put himself out as a witness. As a witness. That's true. But he knows she knows because yeah. her father's a mechanic and her mother's father's a mechanic and his father's father was a mechanic. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Marissa Tomei here as a guest on Academy the Academy Award winner. <laughs> Marissa Tomei. This is, I mean, this was, it was a good, this is what won her Very good performance of her on, on trial. Not it's on trial. so, it pays off. It's such like a good feeling when she goes through it. Yeah. And you could see like the prosecutor and the expert getting worried as, as time goes on. Well, they just, looks like they talked about it and he agrees with her yeah and and the prosecutor gets a good little verbal slap when he's like trying to be very misogynistic and like what is she what do you know about cars yeah. lady and then she, she knows a lot shuts him down which is a pretty nice moment and that's kind of a running thing throughout the whole movie even the very beginning scene she gets questioned about her car knowledge in the when they first get mm -hmm. introduced by that guy and i guess by like bringing in the car expert before her we don't feel like Vinny's cheating because that guy kind of cheated by bringing in like an unexpected witness. That's true. And she's unexpected. So it's it's still equal there. Yeah. I think that's why the judge let it go. He, I don't think he yeah. knew it was his fiance, but... Yeah, she, definitely. Another problem. And I love when she's he's reading her rights. She doesn't say like, I do. She's like, yeah. <laughs> she's you great. understand you're under oath? Yeah. So she is the key. She, you know, something like a Temptus, another car could have been the only car that left it. And Vinny has that car searched for. And it just so happens yeah. the same day that two people were uh, arrested on that car with a murder weapon. Right. The exact murder weapon the used to kill the clerk. The Magnum. And everyone claps. <laughs> but he wins. That can't be realistic, right? Like one phone call comes in and everyone's like, oh. Can the judge just like throw out the case? 
Does oh, if they found be... out, like, we we caught the other guys? Yeah. I think they would have to include that in the trial somehow. Right? They wouldn't just, like, say... Unless they to admitted go. to it. Maybe they did. Maybe they did. I shot the clerk. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, what if it's not them? What if it's a different two guys Pen- traveling in, in another a car? Blind, mint green Oh, my God. Tempest. Did you my ever cousin, consider that? My cousin, Polly. The sequel. <laughs> a different Italian back. cousin. Or they could come from somewhere else in the country. That's true. Are there any more stereotypes <laughs> besides the Southerners and New Yorkers? What do we have? I mean, now we have, I guess, like Midwest, Northwesterners, like that Pacific Northwest. But there's no accent. That's I guess true. we have like a a beach. You could do bomb like Californian. That's true. I guess I feel that Southern and New York stereotypes, in a weird way, are like safe to like sure make fun of a little bit. Yeah, and I don't think the American audience would relate to like. A Canadian or a Mexican, my cousin Pablo or something. <laughs> yeah, my cousin Jobert. Maybe Jobert. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I I think this is a good. Do you think we relate to it living in the Northeast? Oh, like, absolutely. Like, what if you just saw this in like a Midwest and like you don't have a connection to either of these stereotypes? I feel like you'd still get it. Like that year, you'd probably already seen Goodfellas and stuff, and you're used to that. <laughs> stereotype is this in the goodfellas universe <laughs> the scorsese no. universe don't you feel like you know people who are like them here like Vinny and mona lisa i think i know people who who know mimic people. how these characters act really yeah you're from S- staten island i mean isn't that all i guess it just rings that's fake. the accent i don't know anyone with an staten island accent it's like this false bravado, like machismo thing. I don't know. It's cultural. Yeah. I don't like it. It's funny in a movie, but like sure. in real life. In real life, you don't want to talk to Vinny. No one wants to be with Vinny, right? That's I mean, he's funny. And it's just the fact of life. They're out there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't dislike Vinny. I don't like him. He's not a good guy. He's lies. He's I feel like I don't a know. A little manipulative. I know a lot of Vinny's. Not well. That's the sort of thing. I want to know more Mona Lisa's. I think this is a real solid courtroom comedy. Do you like it more than Legally Blonde, the other courtroom (sighs) comedy that we've covered? Oh, my goodness. (sighs) Yeah, I do like this more than Legally Blonde. This is better. This is more of a proper trial. Legally Blonde's more like almost a college comedy, too. Yeah, yeah. It's more college. But yeah, I think overall I I enjoyed it. And I think it has some good rewatchability. Definitely. Now that I'm over my bugaboo of the setup in the beginning. Once you watch it multiple times, you'll want to watch it more. It was a fun, fun movie. And we'll always eat grits while we watch My Cousin Vinny. Real grits or only popcorn grits? I don't know how to make real grits. <laughs> Do you? You know, I don't. What is it made out of? Holum? Hominy? Hominy. Holum? <laughs> I don't know. I remember it was an H. I don't know. <laughs> is that Hominy? cheese? Halloumi? Halloumi is cheese. Halloumi. You could fry halloumi. And put it on your halloum? On your hominy? On my hominy? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what hollum is. You keep saying that's not a word. I, I don't know. Gollum. It's something that uh, Al Pacino eats. Oh, he eats my hollum. goodness. He eats hollum. <laughs> you and Al Pacino. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know either. Fun fact, Lorraine Bracco from Goodfellas was going to be Marissa Tomei's character in this. I don't think she has the frantic energy that Marissa Tomei had in this role. I agree. But Good their age gap would have been better. Yeah, a little, a little weird. 
yeah. it's never explicitly stated so maybe they're not we're not supposed to think they're that far apart in and age. they put like white streaks in her hair which i thought was just dye but age her up a little age her up a little in real life they're 22 years apart that's pretty significant that's pretty bad was there anyone else being considered for Vinny's role oh i think danny devito <laughs> this would have been a completely no, different movie. he doesn't have the imposing as he's not as imposing as uh isn't that funny though? They're both kind of short, but Joe Pesci definitely is more intimidating than Danny DeVito. Yeah. How about Al Pacino? Was he uh No, no Al Pacino. <laughs> uh no, I, I think everyone was, was cast pretty well in here in this movie. It was pretty perfect. Yeah. I mean that's all I got on my cousin Vinny. Hopefully I never go on false murder trial in the South. That's but the scariest thing, yeah. That was yeah, the, the horror of the justice system. In the <laughs> south is is the real that's the real lesson of this movie again i like that it was you know there was a, an air of of tension and realism to the whole thing there really was i think that that bumps it up a tier in the in the comedy genre yeah the relief is much better that way that was good all right caitlin let's uh get you off the podcasting stand you're dismissed <laughs> thank you Thanks for listening to Popping Into Movies. To view recipes and pictures of all the popcorns we've made, you can find us on Instagram at Popping Into Movies. If you want to send us feedback on what you thought about this episode or have a suggestion for a future episode, you can reach us directly at poppingintomovies at gmail.com or on Twitter at Popping Movies. You can also leave us a message on Anchor through the link in the episode description. It might just show up in a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and And we'll we'll see see you next time. time.